of This is Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachum Siegel Network. Our show is sponsored by Natural and Kosher, where taste and quality matter. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Naomi Nachman and I'm about all the food, all the time. I love food. I love shopping for food, cooking for food. I'm always cooking for food. Uh, Eating at restaurants, anything food related. I'm a kosher personal chef. Um, it, I have a catering business called the Aussie Gourmet. I cook for people for Shabbos, for Yontov, small parties and Pesach. Anytime you don't feel like cooking, you can give me a call. I um, hope you'll tune in every week and hear about my uh, kosher, uh, kosher cooking experiences, my kosher food traveling and sharing of great recipes and food ideas each week. But this week is a very special show. I'm actually Skyping the show right here in Woodmere, because I've literally just landed back from Israel, and I did not want to miss a show. Our last two shows have been on court because I was busy in Israel having an amazing culinary adventure. If you're on Instagram, you can follow me at Naomi Nachman and Facebook um, under Naomi Nachman and the Aussie Gourmet. Um, and go to my website, theaussiegourmet.com, and just follow along my crazy, crazy adventures because I had some amazing ones in Israel. I figured that I would, that's why I started off my show with a book at 12. I felt like I needed to do a pre, I had two shows that I'm going to do about Israel this week, which we're going to meet some of the people who I met along the way. And of course, I did a live show, uh, recording with, um, uh, Fun Joel Haber in the Shuk in Machane Huda. So next week's show is going to be a show that I recorded to about two and a half weeks ago in Machane Yehuda. It was unbelievable, so I hope you'll tune in next week as well for our brilliant, amazing Shuk Machane Yehuda show. Um, this week, I'm going to do three show, three amazing interviews with, um, I'm going to start off with D- uh, David Katz. He's right now, you see him wave? <laughs> That's David Katz. He is in Kibbutz Rosh Surim right now. He's the owner and founder of Pat Bamelech. Then we're going to have on the phone David Ehrlich from Gilly's Goodies. If you've ever received an email or ever had a kid in Israel on a summer program or um, in Israel for the EU, somehow you get on the Gilly's Goodies email list and you can send your kids gift baskets to your family members. So we'll be talking to uh, David Ehrlich. And then we're going to have our last guest is going to be Roger Sherman who made a, an amazing documentary on Israeli cuisine. So we're going to be talking to him. So it's all about Israel this week and next week. And I'd like to welcome, welcome onto the show David Katz. Hi. Hi, everybody. How are you doing? I'm great. Nice to be here. Yeah, it's so funny. So last week I was in Rosh Sarim with you, and now I'm in Woodmere, and I was very excited to uh, uh, do your program. And let's talk about how you got started. Are you a bread baker um, from um, b- way back when? Like, what did you do before? Um, I started my career in Chinuch. Um, okay, for, you're a teacher. Formal, yes, I'm a teacher, formal and informal Jewish education. Oh, like That's me. where I got started, and I, that kind of led me to this. Okay, you're an amazing teacher. You you know your stuff. What was your teacher? What did you do as a teacher? So I was I, I taught uh, I taught Judaics. I taught Gemara, Mishnah, Halacha, and Tanakh in the uh, Israeli school system here um, in um, Beit Shemesh and Yerushalayim. And um, I was getting involved with um, hands on uh, hands on learning, which is something I picked up um, in my summer camp um, life. Um, both summer before. camp in America. Summer camp, yeah, yeah, Bnei Akiva summer camps in the United States, um, Camp Stone, Camp Shavah. And um, where I really enjoyed um, doing um, informal, experiential, hands-on learning. Um, so I, you know, as, um, you know, when I was studying for smicha in, uh, in yeshiva, so I, I, I found it very, um, 
refreshing to bridge between the worlds of uh, formal and informal education. I think uh, they complemented each other very well. So I started um, doing these hands-on projects and uh, kind of ended up here. Okay, but why bread? Well, I started. I started with matzah baking because uh, you know my you know you know we're teaching about Pesach and my students were concerned. You know, we're interested. Like, well, what is chametz? And specifically with some of the um, descriptions that uh, the Gemara and the Mishnah have about chametz, um, it's a little bit inconsistent with what people see chametz as nowadays. And this kind of led me down the path to understanding what sourdoughs were um, and old world breads. So that's um, that's kind of where this all happened. Okay, for the layman. Um, a yeah. lot of us in America have heard of the word sourdough. It is not readily available in kosher in the New York area, for sure not in Long Island where I live. Can you tell us what that means? We hear sourdough thrown out a lot, um, and it's kind of um, with um, San Francisco, yeah. associated strongly with San Francisco. Tell us what sourdough is. Um, sourdough is an old world um way of making bread, pre-industrial revolution. Their bakery is still, still like this um, all over Europe. Um, it basically used creating wonderful breads using only flour, water, and salt. Um, flour, and, water, and salt. No yeast. Um, no commercial yeast, correct. Okay, so what yeast do you use? Okay, so the yeast, the yeast that's used um, is, um, is, is um, wild yeast that lives Ooh. in um, a sourdough, that lives, lives in dough, um, they're with, with bacteria, um, wild bacteria, and the two of them work on leavening and adding flavor to the doughs, um, not only flavor but also nutrition. So that, uh, that's how it works. It's basically, simply, it's said it's using old dough to create new doughs. Okay, cool. Uh, okay. okay. So why can't we get it here in the States? Why has it become uh, so all over Israel? It's a lot of work. Really? It's, 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 it's a lot of work. It's a little bit tricky to manage it and to have a, a consistent product. Um, most bakeries today are not designed to create sourdough breads because you need a, there's a lot of planning and storage and things. And, you know, you need to kind of um, manage with the temperatures going on outside and inside. And it's, it's not very tricky, but it takes a little bit of training. Right, it's a bit of an art form. It's definitely a bit of an art. Yes, it's called artisan breads. No, it oh, is. there you go. Okay, yeah. are there different kinds of sourdough breads? Um, well, look, you can basically make any, or just about any bread, except for super sweet breads like um, halot and things like that, which are basically cake, um, <laughs> with, uh, with, with, um, with sourdoughs. You can use sourdoughs in challah. Um, um, yeah, I was so going to take some back from you. Pardon? I wanted to take some back. I forgot to get. I thought you did. Yeah, no, I forgot to take it in the end. Yeah, you're hanging out with your kibbutz friends. I know, I know. That. My, my cousin lives on kibbutz Rosh Sarim. It's, it, by the way, for those of you who are not familiar, it's uh, located in the Gush Etzion area, uh, just up the road from Alonshvot. Yes. If that gives you a geographic location of, of uh, you know, where you are in Israel. Mm-hmm. It's about 25 minutes from Mishalayim, I would say. Something like that, yeah. Go through those tunnels. Yes. Okay, so tell us more about your classes. Like, you know, I found you through my friend Rivka Boym, who went to school with your wife. So Correct. I was lucky. I, but how, how, how did this whole thing get started? So this whole thing got started with, um, basically, I was involved with the hands-on uh, Jewish education, taking matzah baking around to different communities, kosher matzah baking around to different communities in the United States, some in New York, some in Ohio. Um, and um, through matzah baking, you know, I, I was teaching about sourdoughs as well because... Matzah is basically the opposite of sourdough. 
Um, and when the, when the Chachamim were talking about, and in the Gemara, they're talking about creating uh, Matzot, it was on the backdrop of this um, sourdough story. Um, so once you get that piece of the picture, you can really understand the matzah side of it. Um, so I was taking activities around to different places, um, both in Israel and the United States, and not sure where it was going, whether it was going to take off in the United States or take off in Israel. Um, and, um, you know, as a matzah baker, I was very popular for about two weeks out of a year. <laughs> um, like, I'm a Pesach oh, chef, I get that, yeah. There you go, exactly, exactly. And I said, you know what, you know, maybe bread is a good thing to do for the other, the rest of the time, you know, you know, doing these kinds of activities. So I started, you know, about five, six years ago, I started kind of becoming interested in it. And at a certain point, you know, when we, when I realized that there was this, um, this uh, marriage between wonderful flavor profiles and nutrition, I was like, it's time just to go with breads um, and to open up a business with breads. But I still really wanted to keep hold on to the teaching part. So half of the space here is the Merkaz Mevakrim, the, uh, the visitor center where people come like you came with the group and we, we make these really fun breads and we roll dough, season dough, bake dough, hear stories, throw flour at each other and whatnot. And the other side is the production, uh, you know, a production facility where we're, we're producing um, these wonderful sourdough breads and getting them out in the local area around Israel, um, supplying restaurants. And uh, things are really going nicely. That's amazing. How long ago did you start this? Um, opening day was in the summer, this past summer. There's like a, uh, there's a cherry festival here in the Gush. Oh, so cool. The, first, you know, the, the Festival Hadoub Divan. Oh, that's cool. I never heard about that. We've got to speak more again about this in a couple of months as we get closer. Yeah, so, uh, so, yeah, so things have been going great. So, again, in the summer, you know, thank God, you know, thanks to, to some wonderful, you know, social media by my wife and some pointed advertising, we, um, we, had, we had hundreds, even thousands of people coming through for this experience. It's and, amazing. And, yeah, it was really, it was really um, surprising. And um, after Sukkot, we were able to start focusing on bread. Um, and really getting breads going, and you know, we're, and we're we're just about we've just about completed the full menu, and we're starting to supply in the area locally and and a little further away as well. That's great. How many kinds of breads are you serving, or you know, to the customers? Have you put out there? I'm looking at the menu right now. There's <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six. I don't, we have about about ten different uh, doughs that are created in the bakery. Um, you know, we use using old grains, new grains, spelt rye, whole wheats. High extraction flour. Um, What's an old grain, new grain? Sourdough, non-sourdough? So wheat, wheat is something that the Western world has, has really created and, and um, economized and monetized, and it's produced um, en masse, um, which, you know, as a lot of people, I assume, in your world know, um, um, it takes its toll on nutrition and flavor. Um, so that's what wheat does. Um, but we also use, um, but you can also get old world wheats as well. Uh, I import, uh, we import the, the, the wheat that we use, um, the wheat, some of the wheat, a lot of the wheat that we use is um, imported from Europe. Um, it's kind of that. funny. I just heard from um, Amichai Luria, who's the winemaker at Shiloh Wines, that all wheat in the world, the original strain of wheat, it's called the mother of all wheats, is actually from Israel. And right, so when Zichron Yaakov, uh, Yaakov was founded, you know, when the, the Jews started, you know, making, the, you know, having a stronger presence in, um, in, in Palestine, in Eretz Israel, in Israel, um, um, 
mother wheat was researched and it was discovered that mother wheat was actually um, cultivated and, and isolated and located um, here in Israel. So um, einkorn, emmer, old world grains were actually started here. They were eventually exported. And now, so now we're actually importing wheat that left the Middle East. It's full circle. Um, so in, in theory, in theory, someday um, we may get back into growing and milling here, um, recultivating those crops here in, um, in Israel. Cool. But that's, you know, on the horizon. Okay. All right. There's always something new going on in Israel with food. That's correct. Okay. And you're going to keep us informed. So when did you start the workshops? They start in the summer and then people have just been signing up and coming in. Like what kind of workshops are you doing with the kids and so families? The Again, so it's families, it's, um, it's families, it's adults, it's chefs and people that are interested in baking. Um, it's um, Christian groups are very interested in uh, the um, social, you know, cultural history of breads and the way we tie it into Israel and the Chagim and things like that here, which is a really important part of the connection here where we're tying, where we're tying in, um, you know, both Zionist narrative and Yahadut and Jewish narrative into the bread culture um, historically and, con and you know, contemporary stuff, um, which has been really nice. And there are all different kinds of groups coming through. Um, and it's really nice to meet all these different people. Well, some of my workers were just talking to each other today and they're like, yeah, all these people coming from all over. It's kind of interesting, you know. Yeah. It's kind of like <laughs> traveling, know. meeting foreigners. Yeah, there's never, you never know who's going to walk through the door here, um, which is really nice. Um, so sometimes big families come with kids. Sometimes there's people who are more interested in, uh, in the breads and the baking. Some people are more interested in, in, the, in the Tanakh part of it. Some people are interested more in the Halakha part of it. So, you know, we kind of get a sense for who, what people want, and then we just take it from there. It was, when, it was really nice. When we were with you last Thursday, you had a, a girl with her, with her family for her bat mitzvah. And right. you took off, you, you know, you, you want to explain a little bit about the hafrash. So again, so you know, it's an interesting um, mitzvah that uh, that we do uh, here in the bakery. Uh, whenever you create a dough, there is a mitzvah specifically um, in Israel in Eretz Israel to separate part of the dough. And traditionally, it went to the Kohanim who did not have land. Um, and we maintain this uh, practice today um, by taking part of the dough and putting it aside, allowing it to spoil or burning it or whatnot. Um, and um, this is called Rishat Chala, and um, it's, sort of, it's a nice traditional mitzvah, so both um, bar and bat mitzvah people do it. People come in, people, um, apparently, Rishat Chala has become a popular thing. Yeah, we uh, do it every, I make challah every week. I cannot imagine buying challah. Right, so stuff. some people, it's become some kind of like, you know, there have been a lot of um, spirit, there's a lot of spirituality moving around challah these days, um, yeah. so that's, I didn't know about that, but apparently it's um, popular. Like 40 women baking challah together for someone who's not well, and you, everyone does the name. That is correct. Like I've seen people become a mother. You know, so when I bring a dough out for people to work with, I say, well, would anybody like to take the challah? And sometimes people have actually become emotional. You know, they have a list of people who are ill or sick, or they, it's like a moment of, uh, to, to daven or to pray or say something. So I didn't really know much about that, but I, it's nice to be able to provide that for people. Oh, it's amazing. You really like tapping into people's um, culinary and religious experiences. Correct. Cool. Okay, so um, you can also find them. I just want to tell everyone who's listening, Fun in Jerusalem also is a great website and a resource to do uh, with families. And Papa Melech is on that resource as well, um, One of their, on, on their lists. Um, you, your website is called, why don't you give it a shout out? www.patbamelech.com. 
Um, and it can be Googled. Um, we're, you know, we advertise on Fun in Jerusalem. It's uh, prominently, it's prominent on that site. And um, other people have been coming to us from there. Uh, Facebook, we have a nice presence. Right. Word of mouth is great. Table for two <laughs> on Nakam Siegel Network. Yeah. We're giving you guys a big shout out because it's such an incredible thing to do. To you know, It's all about food these days. And like on our trip, besides eating just about everywhere we could, we tried to do a lot of food activities. We did the bread baking and we did chocolate making and we went to the Schiller Winery and you know, somehow ate wherever we could. Great. That sounds like fun. Yeah. <laughs> okay, great. So uh, everyone on your next trip to Israel, if you're in Israel, you know, our show is also heard in Arut Sheva, for those of you who are listening, and live in Israel, you know, list fans of uh, uh, Nachum Siegel uh, Network, please make sure you get down to Papa Mela because it was an incredible experience. And David, he, he knows his Tanakh and he bought, he gave us a lecture in the beginning. I don't want to call it a lecture because I want you to think it's going to be boring. It was, it was, uh, he's a great speaker and an entertaining and he know he was quoting Tanakh like, a, you know, unbelievable. So he tied it all in together so nicely for us. Okay. Thanks. All right, great. Can I show off some of my breads? Yeah, yeah. Can we see some of the breads? I'm sorry. I told him we're going to show off some of his breads. These are like his children, you know? Okay. So, right, what have we got there? So, oh. here, I have a nice, he's a really nice looking uh, whole wheat guy over here. 100% whole wheat, really nice volume. I'm taking a uh-huh. picture of you holding it up through the go. computer. There you go. <laughs> got, you Gorgeous. Know, flour, flour, water, and salt. So, that's good. Um, flour, water, and salt. Amazing. Correct. Um, we do. Um, and so today we just added French baguettes to the uh, to the menu. Oh yeah. So these guys came out great. Okay, hold on. No, not over your face. <laughs> Put it down a little bit. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful, great. So these guys, these guys came out great. Nice color, good open holes and stuff like that, and the flavor is really great. We do spelt. Um, you know, we have these uh, whole wheat ciabattas and. Um, White, you know, plain jabatas. Oh, look at the holes in that. Now, do you want to explain right. what the holes are? The holes are the yeast breathing, you know. So it's, it's Korean. Now, I know, you know, gluten's a big thing nowadays. Yeah, so. my, you, you did gluten-free challah from, with uh, gluten-free bread with my daughter. Correct. Oh, okay, yes. So gluten's a big thing nowadays. And, you know, I, I think gluten is not to blame. What's to blame is um, high-speed mixers, uh, putting tremendous amount of energies into the dough. Um, and creating gluten, ripping it apart, creating it, ripping it apart. And here we work with a gentle gluten development where we basically exercise the gluten before shaping the dough. So where I'm, not in the, I, I'm out of the mixer under 15 minutes and, um, and five of those minutes is speed one, which is just like hand mixing. And then we, we stretch out the gluten very gently, just like going to the gym and stretching out your muscles. Um, and that creates a really nice open texture, um, and when you crush the bread down like this, it comes back together. Oh, gorgeous. Wow. And that is a sign of um, um, good gluten development, which is much easier to digest. We've had some great stories of kids coming through here, people coming through, oh, I don't eat bread, I don't eat bread, I have stomach aches, I haven't eaten bread, I don't know how to bench because I don't eat bread, da 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 <laughs> And... Um, I'm like, if, you're real, if you want to try it, I'm like, sourdough breaks down the sugars differently. It's much more digestible. It's the way bread was created in the first place before the Industrial Revolution. And um, they're like, and people are ordering now. The, I've, I have weekly orders from these people. Amazing. Uh, so it's great. It's really nice. I wish, I wish I could get some here in New York. When are you coming in next? We want to do a workshop with you. 
I'll here be in, in the States. I'll be in, I will be in for matzo baking uh, <gasps> in matzo baking season, which is right before Pesach. Which is just only five minutes away for this chef over here. <laughs> Very, very soon. Okay, I feel like, you know, once uh, Tubishvat has gone by, then it's like Pesach. I know I'm freaking everyone out. (laughs) But you get it, right, as a Pesach person. No, but well, well, Pesach for me is my one, as of now, now that I am a full-time baker, um, Pesach is the only time off. (laughs) Right, it's off once it starts, but up until then, everybody wants to eat as much bread as they can, or you're doing matzah matzah baking. Yeah, we may close. We may slow down a little bit before Pesach. We'll do a little bit of a take a break. You know, get rid of. You know, we have to get rid of the sourdough. Touch be too sorry about and figure out what to do with that. And right, you know. Okay, and uh, do you have plans to grow the business for the summertime coming up? Everyone's got a lot of plans coming to Israel all the time. Yes. Okay. <laughs> We look forward to hearing exciting things. You'll stay in touch with our network and let us know, um, you know, what's going on. And everyone else can join their Facebook page. Israelis don't do Instagram. I noticed that when I was there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So join the Facebook page, um, Papa Melech. Find them in Fun in Jerusalem or PapaMelech.com. This is David Katz joining us from Rosh Sarim in the Gush Sion area of Israel. Thank you very much, David. Thanks so much. All right. Take care. Yeah. Bye-bye. Okay. That was great. This is a very exciting show for us, uh, doing a, a Skype show with all our friends from, from Israel. Um, okay, this is Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachum Siegel Network. Our show is sponsored by Natural and Kosher, where quality and taste matter. Okay, we are Skyping our show today uh, on Table for Two. Uh, we are recapping my trip a little bit to Israel. My first guest um, was... Um, David Katz from Papa Melech, and we are continuing the conversation um, with David Ehrlich from Gilly's Goodies. Now, I'm familiar with Gilly's Goodies because I've had children on NCSY summer programs and um, on uh, all the amazing programs that they run every summer. And also, I have a daughter in MMY currently this year. And whenever one needs to send something to these children, we get um, we have the opportunity, like a, um, for Purim, which is coming up, or for a birthday, or for Hanukkah. And we're in America. How do we send our kids or loved ones something? So NCSY was always sending out these emails from Gilly's Goodies. Absolutely perfect. So when my daughter had a 16th birthday on NCSY Michelet at Summer Program, she got a gift basket from her parents through Gilly's Goodies. So when I was in Israel last week, I was talking to my friend Rachel uh, Kronik, and she said, oh, my cousin is David Eric from Gilly's Goodies. I'm like, oh, my God, I must meet him. So unfortunately, we did not get a chance to meet one in Israel because one of my kids got sick, and it was just a, the weather was a little crazy. We didn't go up north. We were supposed to meet there, everyone. So I said, David, you're going to come on the show via Skype because CK is the world's best engineer, and we are putting together this amazing Skype show. So, David, Welcome. Thank you. It's good to be here with you on Skype on the, on your show. Um, it's very funny actually because I was a little listen. You intro me, and um, people always say "Giddy's Goodies" equals children in Israel. That uh, and I, well, when I meet people in Israel, I have a habit of looking for for Anglo's or foreigners in Israel, and I have like my my foreigner radar. I give like I give them a, a credit. I uh, give these goodies business card, and and they say, "Oh, I know you." We had kids in Israel two years ago or three years ago, and we used your services. 
And I said to them, well, what happened the past three years? Did you ever take them the past three years? A simcha, a bar mitzvah, a bat mitzvah, na, na, na. And they always say to me, what a great idea. Giving good has become synonymous with children in Israel, but people forget that, that people can use us for anything in Israel. It's like we're here for uh, bar mitzvahs, bat mitzvahs, weddings, uh, whatever it might be. I had a phone call yesterday from a woman whose great uncle and aunt were in bed sick. Oh, yeah. terrible. They were an elderly couple. She goes, David, can you get the food for me, please? And I said, sure, no problem. What do you want to get? How about two lunches and two dinners? So I called up my catering service. I had a, had, a, had two lunches and two dinners prepared. I hope we're over to this couple. They're both lying. One was a broken arm. One is lying in bed. It was sick. Oh, no. Picture of them. Picture of them. Sent it to the, to the, to the grandniece in America. She called me and she goes, Dave, you, you made my day. It was like, you know. So- let, let's just, let me just like, get, make sure I understand. Not only besides a gift basket, you also do meals. You get meals for people. Well, we, I basically tell people, whatever you need in Israel, I can do for you. That's um, Before I became a Guinness Goodies came around, I was a video producer. And, oh. Um, <laughs> so I'm a producer by, 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 by chat, by, by, and, my, and my gut, my kishkas, is a producer. And I've only realized as I become more involved in Guinness Goodies, but I'm also a salesman, so I, lo- I love people, and people, I love talking to people. So my customers have become my, my family, which is really nice. Oh, I love that. And it's such a beautiful concept. If you've had a child, if your kid lives in Israel and she's had a baby and you haven't gotten there yet, you can send your daughter food or a cousin or a sick relative. Or you're just your exactly. kid. Sometimes they want a home-cooked meal. Right. They can call David Ernest not getting fed the best they've ever gotten in their lives. And I get a phone call from mommy saying, please send my son some something to eat, and I, I take care of that. We once, one of my classic stories was that I got a phone call from a mom whose kid was sick in bed in one of the, one of the, uh, the programs. And it was a Sunday. She goes, David, do you, get, do you do chicken soup? So I said, I really don't. I was thinking, Gail had chicken soup in the refrigerator from Shabbos. So I'll give her some chicken soup from Gail. Gail goes, what are you talking about? I'll make a, a, a fresh pot. Aww. So Gail made a fresh pot of soup with matzo balls, soup nuts. I brought this kid to this, he was lying in bed, totally out of it. I went to this kid's room in, in, in the dorm, brought her a pot of chicken soup with matzo balls and soup nuts and, a, and, a bowl, and some bowls and, and some spoons. The kid was like so grateful. The mom calls me up again and with tears in her eyes says, David, you know what? My kid is sick 5,000 miles away. I couldn't be there. You were there for me. You're my man. You're my man. Whatever you want in America, I'll do for you. You know, it's like if, if you came, this, we're, we're in touch ever since then. It's been, it was a great story. That's so a I beautiful really thing that you between, do. Between Americans and Israelis. Actually, also Australians and Israelis and Americans and Israelis and South Americans and Israelis, Canadians and Israelis. We have customers brought from all over the world um, who call us. We once got an order from Tokyo. The daughter learned at the Baha'i Center in, in Haifa. So we've definitely had our international... Uh, I mean, I know Israel is not a huge country, but what's your reach? Anywhere. We basically say we can get from Matula to Eilat, anywhere in the middle, there's no problem. Certain areas around, like the Aza, might be a problem, too close to Aza. <laughs> yeah. Our couriers don't want missiles flying over their heads. But uh, in general, we can get... We take care of all the deliveries in the Jerusalem area. Uh, we have a driver, and then we have a courier company that goes anywhere from Jerusalem, anywhere in the country we can get it. I mean, it's usually to the main cities, Tel Aviv and Haifa and Beersheba, the main cities are overnight delivery. We can get as far down as Eilat within two or three days, and up north to Matula or Tzfat within two or three days. 
there's really no limit to how far we can get things to. It's really, um, we, help, we cover the whole country. It's really a nice thing. Wow. Okay, that's unbelievable. How do people find Gilly's Goodies? How do they know what services you do if you haven't had a kid in seminary recently or NCSY program? <laughs> I've got to tell you something. It's amazing what word of mouth does. I mean, we really have very – I found that print advertising has become very, very expensive. I mean, it always was. What did you and say? We do what print advertising is very, oh, very print, expensive. print, yeah. We don't need it anymore. You've got, you know, social media. So now – Right, so now basically I, I, I hired a social media person to, to take care of my Facebook, Twitter, and that kind of stuff, which um, I also am involved with. But the truth of the matter is, it's like I got a phone call last week from a, from a mommy whose kid's birthday was the next morning. <sighs> like, my kid's birthday, what am I going to do? I said, you know what, I'll take care of it on one condition. This job is in school, tell 10 friends of yours who saved your tail by getting your, son, your, your, your kid's birthday present. I and, love it. Uh, I love it. That's great. And she said, I, I promise I'll do that, and she did, and, you know. Do you have gluten-free options or allergy options? Because so many kids have got allergies these days. We have, a nut, we have a, every product that has, has we have on the site has a nut-free little checkbox, check and if they check that, they, it's a nut-free nut um, allergy package. So there's nothing in that. I've had to get nuts. So uh, we're pretty careful about that. We have, uh, we have one, one, we have one customer this week getting a gluten-free sheet cake. Oh, nice. Options as well. Uh, when somebody wanted a gluten-free and a sugar-free, I said, sorry, we, 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 we can't do that as well. We have certain limitations. You know, <laughs> That's but, uh, funny. I once had a customer, when I first started my personal chef business, they asked me for a gluten-free, sugar-free, egg-free dessert. I concocted something and it tasted awful. And I gave it to her oh, just to God. say, try this. There's no such thing as all this gluten-free, egg-free, sugar-free. I said, next time we're making you a fruit platter. That's much right, better. Exactly. That's, that's the option. And like Israel, that. you know, I'm sure you do fruit platters too. We do and fruit, fruit. We, do, we, do dry, we do dried fruit nut platters. We do all kinds of different options that are gluten-free as well. So um, there definitely are options there. So... How long have you been in Israel for? We've been here for 32 years. What? Wow. We made Aliyah as, as young, stupid kids. We're 23 <laughs> and 25. Awesome. With no children. Very idealistic. And our children were first born here. Uh, so, oh, actually, so, I'm sorry, 36 years, 30, 36, 35 years, 34 years ago, we made Aliyah. No, it's more than that. Wow, it's 38 years ago we're married. 36 years ago we made Aliyah. Our daughter is 34, so 38 years already. Wow, wow. beautiful. Where, where do you guys live? In we live in Efrat. Oh, so we just, um, I had my first interview was with David Katz from Pat Bamelech, who, who's running the bread baking program in Rosh Sarim. Oh, I know, the, I know the place. I haven't been over there yet, but I heard that it's over there, yeah. Fantastic. You should get some breads from him to put in your baskets. You should do assorted bread baskets. Uh, good idea. I'll check it out. Okay, good. No, That's terrific. No, no problem. The whole problem though, is, a, is a really serious problem in Israel. I don't know what's going on in America, but the Hashem in Israel, the whole uh, you know, what's kosher and not kosher, and so we, uh, and it, you know, we're like have very high standards of kashrus, and um, certain certain um, we have to make sure that everything we give is good enough for the whole spectrum. So okay. our Hashem are. Uh, it's a big problem in Israel. I had such an education. 
and now there's all this hashkacha prati. I'm not even going there. It's so political, it's horrible. I'm just going to say one thing. Everybody is going to check things out for themselves and see where they hold. And I'm not even going to comment. I'm going to bring up, my next guest is going to touch on, on, on stuff that's not even kosher, that's in Israel. So in, in, when we talk to Roger Sherman, um, who did Israeli cuisine, there, everyone has to decide what they want to hold for themselves. If you eat OU, Mahajan, Rabbanot, Prati, I'm not going there. Yeah. Everyone should decide for themselves. Right. I agree. It's a different totally, ball game. I totally agree. One thing I have to say is so much easier in America with the OU, the Hufke, the uh, Star K. Right. We, have, we have great standards. Everyone gets along. And I'm sure overall there's politics everywhere. Let's call a spade a spade. We love our politics, but we're staying away <laughs> from it all. We just it want politics, good totally. kosher food. That's the standard that we are holding and we ask our Rabbanim. Exactly, exactly. Okay, so when did you start your business? How long has Gilly, Gilly's Goodies been around? And Gilly's who was been Gilly? Around since 19, 1981, actually. Wow, and, that's uh, a long time already in the food I'm world. Sorry, 1981, I'm sorry, 91. 91, still uh, a long the time. It began as a, as, as a total fluke that I was basically a film producer, film video producer, and uh, we hit on a hard time with between the Intifada mm-hmm. and uh, things were really hard in those days. And... Uh, I decided that uh, I had to leave the, leave the film business. My wife was an amazing baker, and somebody asked us to bake for their coffee shop in Jerusalem. Cool. So she began baking for this one coffee shop, and then it became three coffee shops. And then we get a phone call from somebody here in the Gush. Maybe you've heard of this. There's a women's theater company that produced Joseph and produced there's a bunch of women's shows that were going on in the Gush Etzion here in Israel. I and love they asked it. her to bake for one of the shows. I see Gail says to me, I can't bake with 300 ladies. It's like, you know, I could bake, you know, a couple of cookies, but I can't bake for that, that amount. I'm also not going to sell it. You know, I'm very, Gail's a very private person. I said, yeah, I said, Gail, you bake the cookies. I'll be out in front and sell the stuff. Let's give it a shot. And we put up a stand at, this, at these shows, and three shows became ten shows. And next thing you know, the local caterer and her frat tasted our, our cookies and said, we put them on our shelves in our store. I said, sure, why not? Give it a shot. Put them on the store on the shelf uh, in Efrat, and people love the cookies. I went to a few stores in Jerusalem with the cookies. People love the cookies, and we realized this is really a business. I got a phone call from from uh, someone in Tinek, actually. She heard about us, one of the shows. Her son's in Gush on the Yeshiva, and they got a birthday cake. And I said, sure, no problem. Make a birthday cake. And that's become like our, our, our slogan over the years. Gail always jokes. Uh, sure, no problem. Whatever you want to do, we can do it. That's what we can do, you know. <laughs> so we just say, sure, we can do it. You want a salami sandwich? Sure, we can do it. So uh, there's no there's no no's. And basically, it just developed from this small thing in our kitchen to this major, major enterprise that uh, at one point we were selling to 40 stores all over the country and, and local retail stores. And about seven years ago, we changed our format and became only on Internet. We no longer sell retail. It's only web sales now. And uh, thank God each year is, uh, it, it's getting better and better. Grow, 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 we're growing each year. And uh, we are seeing out actually now that we have more, we call them normal people than, than kids. In other words, we have kids as well, for sure, they're a big part of our, of right, our uh, right. business. And there's no question that June 10th, when the kids leave, business dropped. July uh. so 1st, NTSY and have other groups, Ramah, Young Judea, all come in. It goes back up again. August 10th, they all leave. It dies again. And Rush Kodesh El, when the kids come back, it goes up again. So there's no question that we're based around the kids. 
We're getting more and more people who have our magnets on their refrigerator and call us for other things as well as when the kids are here, which is nice. Yeah, I, I find business very cyclical in any case. So you have your ups and downs, right. and when they're downs, you get to catch your breath a little bit. Right, exactly. exactly. Re- restock the storage closets and take a break and find yeah. something new. Exactly. Where do you find all your products? Are they all local Israeli products, or you're finding, you're importing, or you're buying imported stuff? The truth is that one of our, you know, people um, like our stuff because our, our home baked stuff, our fresh baked stuff is all fresh baked. We don't buy our baked goods. And a lot of the, the accompanying things in our in our baskets are American products, actually, because because the American kids who are here, when they're here, want their Reese's cups, and they want their white potato chips, and they want their American junk food. So, so where are you getting it both. from? We have we have an importer we work with who has a huge line of American imported um, candies and chocolates and whatever, and we get we stock our shelves with that, and we build the baskets with that, and. Uh, Everyone loves it, you know. It's really it's a high it's a high high quality high end basket. Um, you know, people people. It's actually it's funny because for, uh, when Purim comes around, um, people get swapped with shalachmanas, and we've heard people say that when other companies get their shalachmanas from 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 other companies, it goes to the chayyim. They get a huge goodies package. They keep them for their suit on their own table. They know the baked goods are fresh baked goods, and they're really delicious. So it's a nice thing to hear that that we're really. Uh, Considered quality product out there, which is nice. Fantastic! I love it. I love it. It's 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 so cool that you know you can help your kids. It's all about food. Everything comes down to food, right? Like it's always a theme of table for two. It is the main theme, and how we can connect to each other, whether we're here and our loved ones are in Israel. And I love the fact that you know you you've reinvented yourself. You know, you're in one business. You took the same skills and created another business. And I see that right. a lot in Israel. Like people are, I met somebody who was a, an engineer builder and now he became a winemaker. Like it's just, we're always evolving. Right. Well, not I, we because I, I, I don't I, live I, there, but I, you guys, I'm I wish loving, I lived there. I'm loving the new, the new me, if you want to call it that. I'm loving the fact that I, I it's, it's, it's this true geography with the world that I just like love the schmooze. I love the phone calls from people from all over the country and this knows this and that knows that, and it's just really a very nice, nice place to be in. In, in, in Israel, the whole, the, the heart and soul of Jewish people, and be connected to the Jewish people all over the world, which is so nice. Right, you really have probably orders all over the world. What? Uh, but you said Tokyo. Someone called from Tokyo. Tokyo is like our our, our, our weirdest one. Then we get I mean, here and there. We get from Eastern Europe, and we get from um, we got one from we got one from uh, somewhere in Africa actually, which I had to. Uh, actually, our, our our credit card processor is close to Africa. Cause we order from Africa, other than right. South Africa. And I got this person who apparently works in um, in the Israel consulate in somewhere in Africa, or the business section in Africa. So they back to their wife back in America, yeah, uh, back in Israel rather. And uh, I had to open my, my credit card for the for uh, an Angolan, you know, IP address. That was pretty funny. That's very but, uh, cool. That's very cool. Yeah. This is absolutely fantastic. Uh, Gillysgoodies.com, G-I-L-I-S-G-O-O-D-I-E-S.com. Right. Did I get that right? That's right. Perfect. Okay. Actually, uh, on we, Facebook? We, we didn't discuss yet, actually, which, are, which is another part of our business, is our soldier projects. Oh, what? Please tell, share. Let's go. We love That's helping our family. That's why I want to share flyer first. We... In addition to sending packages to, to the people in Israel, we send packages to the soldiers. Every every Chag, for Shoshana, for Hanukkah, for Purim, for, for Pesach, 
our, do- our our customers on their way out of the checkout process on the website can make somebody else smile as well. And they buy oh, one, yeah, two, three, that. five, ten packages of things for soldiers. And actually now we're gearing up now for Purim. And last Purim we gave out uh, over 2,000 packages to the soldiers here in Israel. So, uh, and in fact, um, there's a picture now flying around the Internet of my wife giving out soup to the soldiers. Uh, last week we went on a, re- a really cold night and gave the soldiers in our area. We live in Gush Etzion, which I'm sure you've heard of. is a little hot spot right now. Yeah. A lot, a lot, of, a lot, a lot of soldiers out there. And they're yeah, really, I really cold and rainy last week. So uh, we went It was out cold a, a last week. And, yeah, it was freezing. We gave out cookies and soup and soup and uh, made some soldiers happy, which was really a great feeling. So you know, when we were driving we through the we were driving through the checkpoints, uh, different leaving Yerushalayim, we're in it, whichever direction we were going, and I saw these, you know, the Chaylim so cold, where they had the he- ma- face masks on and they had the guns and the coats, right. and like I'm like, I wish I could bring them soup. My husband goes, they're not going to allow everyone bring them soup. They, they could be poisonous. I'm like, people. <laughs> Well, they could be spoiled or something could go wrong and the army doesn't want six soldiers. I'm like, everyone's bringing in fresh soup made with love, right? That's right. That's right. You know what they think about it? They're 18-year-old kids. You know, these are like, you know, these kids are are protecting us. It's just, uh, it's an amazing thing just to, you know, come up to them, bring them a cup of soup or some cookies and just like watch their face light up. It's like mommy's here. You know, it's really... Oh, uh, I love it. I'm like, I have tears in my eyes. Really beautiful. It's really... So we are one people. Through, through our website, they can, they can donate soldier packages for Forum, which uh, would be a great thing. Even if you don't have any friends and friends or family in Israel, really you can come to the site and, and, and uh, buy soldier packages. Or packages for Hatsawa, which is the first responders of any major terror incident or traffic incident. Hatsawa is an organization that gets there first. We can email us packages as well. As well Beautiful. as Shalva, who are for special needs children. They also get, are getting packages from us. Oh, I so love it. That's so special. Mika Amcha Israel, right? Amen. Amen. Oh, wow. Amen. I, wish, I, I wish we could be there. Our thoughts are with you. I heard there was a bit of a terrorist attack today with some Chayalim, right? There was, there was two Chayalim that were stabbed, one, one in critical condition and one in, in uh, serious condition. So okay, so our Tilot are with them and, and everyone in Israel, and we, we pray for peace and, and peace through food. You know, let's make some peace and let's eat and let's break bread together and let's just be happy. Amen, amen, amen. We're looking forward to that day, that's for sure. Amen. All right, David, thank uh, you so much. Gilliesgoodies.com. Make sure you order for Purim. Right. Get, thank get you your very orders much for uh, having me on your show. Okay, no problem. Thank you very much. I'm going to wave you goodbye. All right, this is Table for Two in the Emin Nachman on the Nachum Siegel Network. Our show is also heard on Arut Sheva English Radio. Continuing with our show, we're going to get Roger Sherman on the line. We are continuing our journey, my journey through Israel. Um, I came back only two days ago. Um, while I was away, I got an email from Roger Sherman, a film producer, um, he just produced a film called In Search of Israeli Cuisine. We were in touch a couple months ago when he was fundraising for it. Um, and I said, I really want you on table for two. Uh, I was going to have him come down to the New York studio. But I thought, well, in light of my trip to Israel and, and my, you know, uh, being fresh off the plane, I thought, thought now was the perfect time because I literally ate my way through Israel trying every different cuisine possible. And it's still, you know, uh, so, so fresh in my mind. Um, I, I got up at like 5 in the morning because I wanted to watch the entire video. It's about an hour and 40 minutes. 
um, before I had Roger on the show. Um, so I sat a bit last night, then I had to watch this morning. And as I'm watching the show, I told this to Roger right before the interview. Uh, um, I said uh, I was watching it and I saw them make shakshuka and then I felt like I needed to eat shakshuka. So I paused the video and I literally ran downstairs and made myself <laughs> shakshuka. So everybody's going to be eating Israeli cuisine this Friday night. They're going to be listening to the show while they're preparing Shabbat or doing their shopping or listening at nachamsegel.com or watching us live uh, uh, through our YouTube channel. And um, right, ZK, they can watch this on the YouTube. We we're going to try, we, try our best. <laughs> we're going to try our best. If not, it will just be on audio because this is a Skype show. Um, and everyone's going to be eating Israeli cuisine, which is by far the best in the world. I can say that now. Welcome, Roger. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's it's almost lunchtime, so I think we you know we better grab some more shakshuka. I know, right? I finished. It was lit clean. There's never any shakshuka <laughs> left over in my house. Um, okay, Roger, when did you get this idea to put together this film? Uh, almost six years ago, I got a phone call from a dear friend, Joe Nathan, who many know as a American cookbook writer. We call her the doyenne of Jewish-American cookbooks. Sure. And she was leading a press trip to Israel and said, you have to come. Uh, somebody just canceled in three weeks. And I've got to tell you that Israel, for me, was Sunday school in the Bible, and I wanted to go to Paris. It wasn't on any list at all to visit. But I was in between projects, and I was looking for another project, so I went, and I've done some food films. I'm a food photographer, besides many other kinds of documentaries. And I went to saying, okay, so what is the food scene there? And I've got to tell you, I was completely knocked out. I found one of the most dynamic food scenes in the world. Uh, they are a place that grows the most remarkable vegetables. They have the highest percentage of vegans in the world. And every 10 miles is another microclimate. So that tomatoes grow fresh all year round, dozens of varieties. I came back and I started telling people about this amazing trip I just had and they laughed. They didn't believe it. They said, oh, you know, it's hummus, it's falafel, it's, which is fantastic. Yes. But, but that's the stereotype. You don't need to go someplace just for that. And the more I talked to people and the more I got this same reaction, even among Jews, even among well-traveled people, even among Jews but who hadn't been to Israel in 15 or 20 years, um, I thought, wow, this is a subject for a film. So finally I decided to do it and then here we are almost six, six years later. It was five years developing maybe two and a half years of, of full production, much too long for a film, I'm sorry right. to say. Sounds like a long time. <laughs> very, very long time, but it's done, and we're in 38 film festivals as of a week ago. It will be shown around the world on, on um, international broadcasts. It will be shown in uh, theaters and then community groups, So and then online and DVD and every place else. So, yeah, I'm very excited. It's it's really a fantastic film. It touches on so many different aspects of Israel, from the side of Arabic cuisine and Palestinian cuisine, to 
is what what is Israeli cuisine? Is it That's is it Palestinian? What is it? Right. What is it? Where, where did all this stuff come from? Exactly. You know. So so I thought it was just it was amazing. You told different stories, and really, as we uh, we you and I had touched on before, it's peace through food, and if this is in the video. If we all sat down together and ate something and shared something, we have such a common. Backgrounds. Everybody, we're all about. You got to eat to live, right? Right. So if we and, could and, just. And as everybody, every single chef who I talked to said, you can't be my enemy when you're sitting at table with me. Right. And so I have lots of people talking about that. I also don't want to come off as naive. I know that we're not going to get peace through food, um, right? But there are many people trying many different things to find a mutual understanding in a very, very, very difficult situation. So I wanted to put it in the film. I tried to tread lightly and not come off as, as naive. And, and I guess it worked for you, and I hope that works for other viewers. You know, the, the last couple of scenes, and then we'll go back to the beginning, but the last scene was a Shabbat meal. Um, at a at a family's home, uh, led by the the tour guide, we went with exactly. Michael Solomoff. We'll talk we'll talk about him in a minute. But it ended with him spending Shabbat with a um, what what was their background? Well, Avihai Sabari was actually our culinary tour guide. He is a certified guide in Israel. He has a company. He's going to be leading tours based on the film, and that's his family Good and his. He is secular. His parents are Orthodox. And so they do what they do, as many, many people do. And, and, you know, it was very interesting for me. I knew nothing, not only about Israel, but knew very little about Orthodox religion, about, you know, I'm Jewish, I was bar mitzvahed, and that's about it. And so I... I got to Israel that first time. Joan and I got off the plane before the rest of the group showed up. And we went to Gil Hovav, who's a famous journalist and a sure, book sure. author in Israel. Um, he's secular, but as I learned, most secular people also celebrate Shabbat in their own way. It's a family Correct. gathering. Correct. And he prepared, he's Yemenite, Yemeni by by heritage and he prepared kubane in the traditional way of letting it cook for 16 hours okay so tell everyone what kubane is so kubane is uh a yemenite bread mm -hmm. and it's remarkable and it's it's crispy and sort of burnt on the outside and soft uh, and chewy uh. on the inside and you could just say I don't want anything else. This is what I want. So we, we went to his um, Shabbat meal, and everything was prepared in a traditional Shabbat way, not a secular way in that, in that so, sense, because so he wanted to show us, show especially me, what Shabbat was. What Shabbat and, really is. What it really is for religious people. And later I learned, and at that time too, what it is for secular people, that it's a, it's a big, big, big deal in Israel. So I have this fabulous lunch. I go back to the hotel. I'm totally jet lagged. I figure, okay, I'm going to um, take a nap. I pull open the curtains. I look out at the beach and it's a party. <laughs> and I thought, what's wrong with this? Why aren't all these people in shul? Well, it turns out that 
80% of Israel is secular and they celebrate Shabbat by being with their families. And one of the things they do is they go to the beach. I didn't know that. And I didn't know many, many, many things about Israel, about many Jewish traditions, about the hundred plus cultures that have come to Israel over a hundred years and made Israel their home or the many, many cultures that never left. And so I decided that that's what I wanted to make a film about. That's what I wanted to show people. You know, I make films that I, that I hope will surprise and delight. And this is a subject no one, as I said, knows about. So that's what I was trying to do in this film. Well, I think you did a beautiful, beautiful job. Everyone's going to go find where, where this film is. Um, I see in the background there uh, in the, on, the, on the table is, is uh, Michael's book. Michael's book. Yes, it is. And let's That's talk a good. little bit about Michael because I want to meet him so badly. This Michael Salomonoff. Here, I'll try to be very steady okay. with this. Michael Salomonoff is our chef guide in the film. He is the chef and co-owner of a fabulous restaurant called Zahav. In but, uh, Philadelphia. I just want to say it's not a kosher restaurant. It, it is, is not a kosher restaurant. Not, but it is Israeli, based on an Israeli That's cuisine. right. It's, it's, but his cookbook is kosher? No, it's not. The co- Okay. No, it's not. But it's, that doesn't mean you can't make oh, of kosher things. I love Otolenghi. Otolenghi's cookbooks absolutely. are amazing. Amazing. A- absolutely. But they are not kosher cookbooks. But they're That's not okay. kosher cookbooks. We know yeah. how to adapt from, exactly. from chefs. Is, uh, Zahav is kosher styles. Mike is born in Israel, yeah. grew up in Pittsburgh, uh, lived in Israel on and off his whole life. And um, his brother was killed. Yeah. It, now, love, it's, it, it's, when it's we made so the amazing. Film, it was it's good you put it in. Music. Yeah. And his brother was serving in the army. It was his last weekend uh, before his release, it was uh, Yom Kippur. A religious friend wanted to go with his family, and he let him go. And Mike pretty much fell apart after that, and he was cooking French and Italian and other kinds of food. And he had a restaurant with his partner, Stephen Cook, who's the co-author of the book. It's called Zahav, A World of Israeli Cooking. And... Um, Mike just found himself starting to put Israeli-inspired dishes on his menu. As a and tribute to his brother. I, I don't know if it was conscious even at the beginning. I, I, it was right. the way to connect with his brother and connect with the country of his birth. And finally, he and Steve decided, well, why don't we just open an Israeli restaurant? And that's what Zahav is. And the book came out in the fall it was instantly a bestseller. It was on the New York Times bestseller list. Quite a few um, journalists put it on their best lists of the year. We've been cooking out of it for a couple of years now, um, and it's marvelous, I can tell you. His, just his tahina sauce recipe is worth the cost of the book because it's not cloying, it's not all garlicky, it's not... And there's a secret in what's how to do it. And what's the secret? We have to You're buy the book. We have to buy the book. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that table for two listeners. And we know how to adapt very nicely. Uh, 
to cook your <coughs> recipes. Amazing. Yeah. yeah so, um, hold on. How did you meet up with him? Yeah, have a drink. How did you you drink? And I'll I'll ask the question because you can hear. Um, how did you guys meet up? Like, did you know each other mutual, from before? No, no. A mutual friend who's Israeli said, if you want to eat the best Israeli food in America, you've got to go to Philadelphia. And so I went, went with my wife. And the first thing that comes out, which you don't have to order, is hummus. And everybody's had hummus. And most people have had pretty good hummus. This was better. Then the salad team, little salads come out. And they were better. Then <laughs> this, and that, and this and that and this and that comes out. And we're looking at each other saying, my God, this is remarkable food. Then Mike came out and he sat down and sat with us for 10 minutes. He gets up and leaves and I turned to my wife and I said, that's our guy. Right. He's very eloquent. Very, and, very eloquent. And I think what he, what, why he works so well is he's totally without ego. He's very funny. He's very self-deprecating. He'll, you know, he knows all the answers to the questions that, that he's asking. But he's so generous that he starts conversations by asking those questions. It's not all about him. So I'm really, really pleased. And, and audiences love him that we've shown it at. In, love uh, him. He's what I call approachable, right? He's so there. approachable. Like like in cooking, you sometimes either, I find French cuisine sometimes a little bit unapproachable. It's like, whoa, that's out of my league. I can't do that. I want approachable recipes, even if they're high end. They're still going to be approachable. And Michael was approachable. Yes, in and his let meaning. Me just, yes, and let me just say <coughs> that the problem that you have is that most chef cookbooks are uncookable. Right. Because they're too complicated. Even though the chef says this is cookable, they still have 30 right. steps. So I love Otto Lenghi. I love his book. I have made tons of his recipes, but some of the recipes are like, they're so out there. Right. They're just this, completely this unapproachable. Book, this book is very approachable, and, and they did it with very much in mind that this has to be a home cook's cookbook. I, I love that. It's, it's, it's great. You've done amazing things. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find Michael because I want him on the show, and I want him to do a pop-up in, in New York, a kosher, but a kosher pop-up for our kosher He's leader. done many kosher meals. He was the consultant on a kosher um, restaurant in Philadelphia for a while, so he knows kosher. Okay, excellent, excellent. This, it was wonderful, and you got a great lineup of people. Great stories were told. Great cuisine was served. I was like, as I said before, I was starving at five, and I said, I saw shakshuka, I made shakshuka. You, you saw breads being made by. Um, okay, I can't. It was it, it was a Palestinian. Tamarovsky. Right? Is that it? Was a um. No, well, it was, was a, a Palestinian. Yeah, it was, a, but it was in a Palestinian village. I don't know. I'm, I'm probably not saying. I don't know, remember which one. And they put like bread all over the baking sheet that had meat underneath. It was like the restaurant in Israel, Lechem Basawa. Everything is covered in dough and then cooked. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Yeah, we profiled a guy named Eris Kamarovsky, who's a famous chef who happened to be in the United States right at the beginning of our food revolution when Alice Waters and other people were starting and he was in Berkeley and he picked up bread and he came back and revolutionized bread in Israel 
And you can do that in such a small country. Israel now has bread that I got to tell you, it's better than New York and it's as good as Paris and it's available everywhere. And the little cafes where you sit and drink coffee, it's it's a fantastic, fantastic place. The other thing I want to say. Yeah, we've got about less than a minute left. Tel Aviv has always been the place for fine food in Israel. In the last few years, in the last two or three years, Jerusalem has become a place to go and eat, not just a place to go for biblical stuff, a place to go and eat. So it's I, all over Israel. I couldn't believe Shuk Machane Yehuda. I was there on Matzei Shabbat. We went to sat at the Beer Bazaar, and we, which was uh, started by an American guy who'd made Aliyah, and it was amazing. Microbreweries are popping up. The whole Shuk was alive. It was like 350 boutique wineries. It was like a, it was like the village on on yeah. a, in 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 Yerushalayim. It was very very cool. Um, we had a great time, and Roger, i got to thank you. We're going to wrap up our show, but I want you back uh, with a whole crew that you can bring down <laughs> to the studio. Fantastic. Thank you for having right. me on. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Uh, can I just say www.israelicuisinefilm.com. You can get all our info. All right. Thank you. This is Table for Two in the Yemi Nachman on the Nachum Siegel Network. Our show is sponsored by Natural and Kosher, where quality and taste matter. Uh, stay tuning. We've got stay tuned. We've got music right up until Lichbenching, sponsored by our friends at Kedem. Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Thank you for thank you Shabbat for listening. Shalom. Shabbat Shalom.